0: Everyone and welcome back. If you're new here, my name is Steph. And I'm Lex. And this is Chasing Childhood, a weekly podcast where we revisit our
1: childhood favorite movies and video games to see if they still hold up as adults. Get your inner child ready because we not only have another childhood classic movie review for you today, but we also have our first ever video game review. Woo! This has been a long time coming. It has. I feel so bad because every other intro before this, we've been like where we review our favorite childhood movies and video games to see if they still hold up, but we have yet to do a video game and it's been like 27 <laughs> episodes. <laughs> yeah, it took us it took us
0: 27 episodes to get here, but we're here. We're here we, now. We made it. Don't worry. So we dusted off our PlayStation's, wiped the cobwebs off of our old controllers and replayed one of our favorites growing up crash bandicoot yes we did that being said we're gonna start this episode by reviewing what it was like to play crash bandicoot again as adults and then we'll go into our weekly movie review and this week's movie is truly
1: one of a kind (laughs) it's Looney, it's toony it's what's up doc it's (laughs) space jam We'll get into some fun facts behind the making of Space Jam and discuss whether it's still just as fun now that we're adults or not. And we have so much nostalgia to both reminisce and critique about today. So let's get into it. Let's get into it. All right. So, welcome to our first ever Chasing
0: Childhood video game review. Slow clap.
1: <laughs> slow, slow clap so for us. <laughs> This feels so weird. I I mean, honestly, just pulling out my old PlayStation 2 felt like I was traveling back in time. But then sorting through the games like Crash Team Racing and Spyro and Frog Frogger while trying to find this Crash Bandicoot game was so strange.
0: I gotta say, I think Spyro was one of my favorites, but I was really good at Road Rash and Frogger like to an obscene level, I think, because I just played them too often. What about
1: you? Honestly... I think I really liked Crash Bandicoot. I think my favorite was Crash Team Racing growing up. But I think my ultimate favorite came a little bit later when I was like a teenager. I loved, loved, loved Guitar Hero. (laughs) Like that was my favorite favorite video game and it's not even really like a video game video game but it's just it was so much fun to me.
0: Yeah so much fun. There were so many cool different types of video games or like games that came out. I remember there was like a Connect. Yeah. Um, I had this other like mini console that you could play like some fashion game on. There were so many interesting cool games and I feel like everything now is
1: just like you know the same like three consoles. Okay fancy pants. I mean, honestly. <laughs> I had a PlayStation 2 growing up, like, my whole childhood. I think we had a Nintendo 64 at one point. But then as I got older, I got a Nintendo DS. And that was, like, my whole life. I loved yeah. my Nintendo DS. Yes. I, Even though, I like, all my dogs are long dead by now. Um, <laughs> I loved my Nintendo DS. But I think the biggest slap in the face on the planet Earth that I've ever received was when I tried to um, turn in my Nintendo DS to GameStop oh no. to get money for it because I didn't play it anymore. And they gave me $20 for it. <laughs> <laughs> that is, I wept. That's just the that nature. That's, that's the nature of GameStop. Wept. Like, you go
0: in you, you're like, this cost me $200. And they're like, best we can do yes. is $0.08. Cents. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. They're like, your childhood is only worth $20. Literally, to us. we don't
0: care. Literally, Honestly, I think I still have my DS somewhere in my apartment. Um, I'm not sure where, but I definitely know I still have it. Nintendogs is still inside of it. <laughs>
1: that is fantastic.
0: All right. So, Crash Bandicoot is a 1996 platform video game developed by naughty dog and published by sony computer entertainment for the playstation and actually at the electronic entertainment expo in 2016 during sony's press conference after like years of rumors and speculation and outcry and what have you crash bandicoot has finally made his official return when it was announced that the first three games from the original playstation would be remade from the ground up
1: that's insane right I love that so much. And I'm also like, why didn't I hear about this? Right? (laughs) I also haven't played video games in years. Yeah. So, (laughs) hence the dusty PlayStations. Like, I had not played in years.
0: We're like, we haven't played in years, but we will absolutely start playing again for this game.
1: For sure. (laughs) Um, And actually, apparently, the remakes of the original trilogy were released for the PlayStation 4, specifically, on um, June 30th, 2017, under the title Crash Bandicoot insane trilogy and they were later they were later also released for other gaming consoles in 2018
0: okay so we're like three years behind so you and i need to go out to the store we need to go buy some things right we're like gotta go we just like leave the podcast right now i'm doing target pickup now (laughs) yeah literally (laughs) literally oh my gosh there's like There's always some sort of story behind video games like this. So in Crash Bandicoot, the general story is that we follow Crash as he aims to prevent Brio and Cortex's plans for world domination and rescue his girlfriend, Tana, a female
1: bandicoot who was also evolved by Cortex and Brio. I'm so glad you explained that, because honestly, I thought Tana was his sister this whole time. (laughs) Um, <laughs> just like a Jessica rabbit version of his sister. That's so funny. The whole time we were playing, she was like, you remember those levels with his sister? Yeah. I was like, who's going to tell her? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not going to lie. I never paid attention to the storyline as a kid. Like they had, a yeah. <laughs> they had a whole ass intro scene to this video game. And I know it's supposed to follow a story, obviously, but I did not care as a kid. Oh yeah, no, was it like, was like we didn't have time for cutscenes. Yeah, I was like, get me
0: to the action. I don't care. <laughs> a side note: Let me get all National Geographic on you for a second. But please do. Did you know bandicoots are a real animal? Wait, really? <laughs> yeah, they're like small omnivorous marsupials,
1: and they live I in Australia. Love... <laughs> I just snorted a little bit. I love. How much detail you just went into that. You were like, they're like small, omnivorous marsupials. I did some research. I did some research. I love that. What is their Latin root name? Like, what is their, (laughs) what is their species name, Steph? Inform us. I just <laughs> like, was excited because I was like,
0: there's other, you know, animals, you know, the Tasmanian devil or like the roadrunner, you know, those types of animals where you're like, oh, wow, they actually are real animals in real life. And you just always think they were made up for, you know, cartoons.
1: I just Googled what a bandicoot looks like and they are so cute. Right. I want one. They're like a chinchilla mixed oh with an anteater, gosh. but small. They look like, like a so guinea small. pig, like a guinea pig, but like a, a long nose. Right. I love one. I I need one. Oh, they're so cute. We need one. Yeah. I know. We <laughs> should go get to Australia. Uh, never mind. <laughs> like Australia we're never yeah, see me. <laughs> you can't pay me oh to go gosh. to Australia. Okay, we need to get back to this. because we Back so, on track. Okay. okay. <laughs> so what was it like replaying this video game that we used to love as kids? Okay, so f- right off the bat, I... Found it really interesting that I haven't played this since I was little. Like, I probably haven't played this since I was 10 or 12. Mm -hmm. But my brain just knew how to play once the controller was in my hands. Like, I knew how to move. I mean, it's pretty basic, but I knew, like, how to move, how to jump, how to slam boxes. Like, just right off the jump.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, you were actually doing really really well. Don't lie. Lex and I were on FaceTime during this. <laughs> Lex and I were on FaceTime during this and she was playing really well. I did not play as well and I think it's because when we were kids I used to watch you and your sisters play and so I never actually <laughs> like physically played it myself because we didn't have it at my house. So I would just
1: watch you guys play. So I'm like playing it and I'm like, "Oh no." Yeah, <laughs> no. I on? think my house had like the Crash Bandicoot and Spyro and stuff, but Steph's house had a whole Old school frogger game in the basement, like arcade yeah, from the 1980s, like a whole machine in the basement. Yeah. It was awesome. Like the ones that you put a quarter in and they rigged it.
0: Yeah, yeah. So my parents had it. I They've never told me where they got it from. They could have stolen it. That's plausible. <laughs> my mom's going to be listening to this and like, we did not steal it. We'll never know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> wink, wink, wink. But they, yeah, it was a full old 1980s arcade Frogger game, like fully like the old school graphics. And it plays all this like old music yeah, with the, the joysticks, joystick. everything. And my parents rigged it where you can put your quarter in, but there's a whole cutout at the bottom and you can just reach in and grab your quarter and play as many times as you want. So it's uh it's one of my childhood staples. Yeah. It's one of my favorites. Yeah. So fun. it was a gem. So, yeah. So starting out with this, the graphics weren't good <laughs> and I couldn't tell if it was because they really dated or if they just looked cheesy because I was playing it on a modern tv but like that makes sense yeah they didn't they didn't look so so great yeah it's like I think I played Star Wars Battlefront 2 recently as well and I was like wow I thought this was like
1: the yes. peak of <laughs> video games oh my gosh and, I, and then I replayed it and I was like oh no <laughs> yeah we played Spyro the other day um and oh my gosh mm-hmm. the graphics were making me nauseous Just, yeah, yeah, like, the character turning around randomly and, like, just the way that the graphics looked made me so nauseous. It almost gave me, like, vertigo. Oh, my God. I was like, what the heck is happening? (laughs) But, yeah, so in this game, it starts off, you're put on an island. There's a lot of games on that island that you have to beat. Right. Each game takes so long to get through. And they throw so much at you. So much. At one time. Like... I'm not kidding. On the first island, during one game, I had to dodge spiky death sticks. I had to avoid monkeys. I had to, like, beat turtles, flamethrowers, and these strange dudes with surfboards on their backs, (laughs) just, like, walking around ready to kill you. I think they were shields. (laughs) They look like surfboards. I was like, what is happening? <laughs> yeah. First of all, they're wearing towels and they're carrying surfboards. There's also
0: like the levels don't make sense sometimes. So like sometimes yeah. in these games, you know, you're walking left to right or you're walking forward and back. And then some levels it was like you're walking, you know, you're going vertically upwards and then you're walking, you know, right to left and then you're walking towards the screen. And it's like, yeah, what is happening
1: right now? Yeah.
0: It, yeah. It it was always like switching up on
1: us and it, it was confusing and it was it, like it was kind of anxiety inducing at least for yeah. me i was like <laughs> i was like sweating um you were you were I was fully so- panicked i was i was i was so especially on that one game that threw so much at me at once i was so panicked and i was like i have to jump and now i have to duck and now i have to do this and now i have to do this and then bats come overhead and you're like i have to duck because the bats are coming yeah that was
0: the temple one lex played this one level that was like a temple one and like there are bats and like walls trying to crush her but then she also had to fight snakes and spiders and like so many different things i was like and fire there are like 85 different enemies in this one level and it takes about an hour to beat each one. Right. But maybe that's also because we're really bad at it.
1: <laughs> yeah. And then afterwards, I'm like, I can do anything. I defeated seven obstacles at one right. time. Like... Yeah, you feel like you can do anything. But then like. Right. And then I trip going down the stairs. like Literally.
0: But then like once you beat all the games on the island, you just get taken to another island <laughs> where you have to beat more games to make it to another island. Like I got through the entire first island and then I died on game two of the second island i lost like 30 lives she she died dead on the second died island. dead i was <laughs> deader than dead deader than that's dead. when i gave up and i was like lex go to the temple one <laughs> i'm gonna watch you <laughs> lex is good though lex had like a bunch of distractions get like, out of here her, in her like general
1: vicinity and she was still oh, i really it. did i really did <laughs> But I think the distractions helped me. I've always been a really good multitasker because the second and we say distractions, what we really mean is the child, Maya, Maya's corner over here. Yeah. Was jumping on my bed. She was pulling my hair. She was trying to grab my controller for me at a like. During she needed a few lotion points. at one point. She did. And I'm like lathering her up while playing with one hand. But like <laughs> it was a lot. It was a lot. But it was funny because the second she left I st- I started doing so bad. Yeah, she was like the good luck charm. <laughs> she really was. But it was funny because we played I we played for like 3 hours. Yeah. on the phone together. Yeah. And I had finished only 22% of the <laughs> game. I didn't even want to know I just shut it off <laughs> I was like I'm done yeah Steph and I played until the game over sign popped up on our screens yeah and we we didn't restart it again because yeah. who has time for that as adults literally my phone was at like 20 battery <laughs> <was> yeah like, <laughs> so Steph's said uh game over long before mine did but yes yes <laughs> I cannot believe that I played for so long and only got of the game done with. I know. It's like, how did we have this much patience as kids to get through all these levels? I have no idea. And honestly, I'm not going to lie. I don't even remember. See, okay. The thing is, (laughs) let me just break this down. Because I feel like a lot of actual video game people are going to be so mad at me saying this. First of all, I apologize in advance. Second of all, (laughs) I, (laughs) I don't remember playing video games all the way through. When I was a kid, I was never one of those kids that would play a video game until I was done with it. You know what I mean? So I wouldn't. Yeah, I would. I probably only got to like the second island or maybe the third island when I was a kid. And just would stop playing and then start a new game over again, like, the next week. I was never that kid that would be like, oh, I need to play Spyro all the way through until I win the entire game. Because, I don't know, like, I guess I didn't have time for it, or maybe I just just got bored with going on. Yeah, I think even as a kid, my attention just wasn't there. Yeah. Um,
0: Yeah, because I'm like, I, I definitely never finished Frogger. I only played some of the games in Road Rash. Yeah. Yeah, there was just, there was a bunch of different, yeah, Spyro, I only played a a few levels. Um, I think the only ones I actually did finish all the way through were all of my Game Boy Color and Game Boy Advance games. It's so, like I know I finished my Powerpuff Girls game all the way through. I know I finished my Grinch game all the way through, and a few others, a Scooby Doo game, some driving game. Like I finished yeah. a lot of those. I don't know why. Maybe those just because they're handheld and I could like walk around with them or yeah. go to other
1: like environments with them that helped me yeah. like finish them. I was about to say but, I'm surprised. Yeah, I could never sit in front of the TV. Yeah, I was about to say I'm surprised that you didn't finish Sims all the way. Through. Through because you used to love Sims.
0: Is there an end to Sims? <laughs> like, that's you, a good question. You make one family, you raise the whole family, and then you just keep going through generations. Like, there's not really like and then an you create end point.
1: drama. <laughs>
0: yeah, there's no real end point. Like, a Sims is one that I definitely would just sit in front of the computer for like, yeah, all day from like sun up, sundown, and only leave to go to bathroom breaks. So, my mom would be like, you need to eat. And I'm like, no, I don't. I'm playing The Sims. <laughs>
1: Go away, mom. Step ruining my life. I'm on generation five of this family. <laughs> <laughs> but I, um, yeah, I think that might be another reason why I didn't finish the video games when I was younger, because I had so many that I was playing. Yeah. So I would play like Crash Bandicoot and Spyro and do all these other ones. But then I would go to the computer yeah. and I would play Zoo Tycoon and yes. Roller Coaster Tycoon and yes. a few others. And it was just... It was a lot. And then on top of that, like Steph and I had a ton of stuff like we had sports and like school and right, a whole, a ton of like extracurricular activities as well. So yeah, never really finished any of that stuff. Um, So honestly, as adults, this was very interesting to this play. Was, it was interesting. <laughs> it was definitely interesting. Yeah. So on a scale of one to five Wumpa fruits, <laughs> one being horrible <laughs> and five being great. What would you rate the original Crash Bandicoot game?
0: I think I would give it like a like a three and a half I think like it wasn't it was it was I think it was just because the levels were so long and I don't know if that's just because my attention span is so short now yeah Yeah, it was just because the levels were really long and again that could also be because we kept dying right (laughs) but yeah I mean I liked it I thought it was like fun to replay and there were levels that you know when we were playing you and I were both like oh my god we remember this level or we remember this you know this whole thing like when he has to ride the boar and he's jumping over the pits or you know jump going up vertically climbing
1: up like you know whatever Um, yeah it was Very nostalgic, and there was a lot. Yeah. There was a lot of like childhood love behind us playing it. Like, we were both kind of geeking out during certain points. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I would probably give it a solid three just because of how nervous and anxious it made me and how like. (laughs) After a while I was getting so tired of it, but it wasn't like Spyro where it made me nauseous because of the graphics. Yeah. Like the graphics were just a little dated. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah, it's it's not a it's not good for your anxiety
1: if you've made it through 2020. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to check out the new ones then. Um, yeah. To see how, if the graphics are much better. I'm but interested. that means I have to buy a PlayStation 4. You should. So that way you can play on your PlayStation 4 with me. <sighs> <laughs>
0: She's not convinced.
1: I'm like, we just need to get sponsored by someone so that we can do this, make this happen. Sony,
0: sponsor us. up. (laughs) right all right well okay let's get
1: into our movie review now yay i'm so excited (laughs) so space jam is a 1996 american live action animated sports buddy comedy film directed by joe pika and starring basketball player michael jordan the film also features bill murray who you may know from ghostbusters wayne knight from jurassic park Teresa Randall from Bad Boys and the voice talents of the one and only Danny DeVito. I literally
0: was watching it and I'm, so, spoiler, I've never seen Space Jam before this. (gasps) I had never seen it. And I'm watching it and the bad guy comes on screen and I turn to Tyler, because Tyler loved it, I guess, when he was a kid. He was big into sports and stuff. So I turned to him and I was like, that's Danny DeVito. And Tyler goes, Danny DeVito isn't in this movie. And I'm like, that's Danny DeVito. I know Danny DeVito's voice anywhere and I was like I know his voice and so later while we're like in the middle of the movie and we're like making dinner and Tyler turns and he look looks up from his phone on IMDB and goes it is Danny DeVito. <laughs> I, was
1: like, I was like, don't question my knowledge of Danny DeVito's voice. Yes. Yeah. It's funny because as a kid, I didn't realize that it was Danny DeVito that was the bad guy. Oh, yeah. But now that I'm an adult, I heard his voice and I was like, that's Phil. It's, that's it's Phil literally like, Yeah. It's Phil.
0: But yeah, so Space Jam was released by Warner Brothers Pictures on November 15th, 1996 and opened at number one in the box office in America. Worldwide, the movie grossed over $230 million, oh. becoming the highest grossing
1: basketball film of all time, and it still holds that title to this day. And none of that money came from Steph, because she never saw this <laughs> before literally we did not have it on VHS and what we didn't have tragic we didn't
0: have like satellite TV until I was like older and out of like the age range for this movie so mm. if we didn't catch it on cable and we didn't have it on VHS there was no way I was gonna see
1: it jokes on you there is no age range for this movie so <laughs> uh, that's what all my friends tell me <laughs> all right so over the years this movie has accumulated a cult following and many people consider it to be one of the most iconic 90s movies ever ever created. Apparently, Hollywood thinks so, too, because a sequel titled Space Jam A New Legacy is set to release on July 16th of this year, and the film will star LeBron James in the lead role instead of Michael Jordan. I almost said Michael Jackson. Instead of Michael Jordan. (laughs) That's awesome. That's really cool.
0: Yeah. Um, When we get into it, I'll talk more about my thoughts on watching it for the first time, but that's really cool.
1: I'm very excited to hear about this.
0: Yeah. So... If you've been living on Moron Mountain, like me, or have somehow never seen this movie, like me, (laughs)
1: here's a summary
0: of the plot by an anonymous author on Fandango. Swackhammer, an evil alien theme park owner, needs a new attraction at Moron Mountain. When his gang, the Nerdlucks, head to Earth to kidnap Bugs Bunny and the Looney Tunes, Bugs challenges them to a basketball game to determine their fate. The aliens agree, but then steal the talents of NBA basketball players to help them win. And at first, it seems like they might pull it off. Until Bugs Bunny gets help from NBA superstar Michael Jordan, that
1: is. Yay! Yeah. Such a bop. It's a pretty good summary of it. I feel like that's a... That's pretty... pretty much it (laughs) it's pretty solid hey we got more than a more than a sentence this week more than a sentence this time (laughs) we're stepping it up snaps
0: snaps everyone um all right so i'm gonna roll right on into our fun facts please do enlighten us yeah so my first fun facts is actually really cool and i actually fact checked this really hard myself because i was really excited about it yeah but for anybody who doesn't know the movie's original promotional website still can be found online exactly as it was in 1996. What? <laughs> I checked it out. It's really still there in all of its mid-90s glory. Oh, it looks I love like that. clip
1: art. Like, it's it's <sighs> fully... Mi- Are you looking at it? I love that so much. It's like finding an ancient artifact. I right? love it. It's like, right? it's like a living dinosaur. It literally is like you want to go play pinball on your computer now <laughs> like, or solitaire. <laughs> that is amazing. Where's where's mini? Where's the Mini Clips games? Where's, yeah. Where are they? Oh my god, Mini Clips. <laughs> where's Bubble Trouble? <laughs> I know what I'm doing when we're done. Um, So, for my first fun fact, with the input of 150 animators, Cinesite created a world of live action and animation. But to bring that world to theaters, Michael Jordan needed stand-ins for the cartoon characters while filming. The studio brought in a trope of comedic actors who donned all green and ran around on their knees. The result, (laughs) Michael Jordan was able to simulate the correct eye level as if he were actually looking at bugs in the rest of the Looney Tunes. And the movie was actually one of the largest visual effects films of its time, according to its video effects supervisor, Ed Jones. That's really funny. I when I was watching it, we'll talk more about it,
0: but yeah. I was startled when <laughs> I knew everything was gonna cross over into the
1: 3D and two D world, but yeah. I was startled. <laughs> it's so abrupt. I can't wait to get into it's it. It's so abrupt. <laughs> I, I like I'm I'm very ready. I'm like, let's get through the fun facts. I'm so ready to hear how you liked it. Um, <laughs> Uh, So my next
0: fun fact is that after Daffy suggests naming the team The Ducks, Bugs asks, what kind of Mickey Mouse organization would name their team The Ducks? And this was a dig at the (laughs) Anaheim Ducks of the National Hockey League, which were established by the Walt Disney Company after the Mighty Ducks film from
1: 1992. Wow. That is so funny. I love it. They were just like, who would do that? (laughs) Right. That is so funny. So for my last fun fact is that residual checks for this film are still rolling out to this day yes honey get your coins (laughs) yes so for example if you don't know Jim Rome a sports radio host he made a tiny cameo in the beginning of Space Jam his appearance was so brief but in 2014 the sportscaster shared a snap of his residual check on social media and he said something along the lines of Space Jam I ain't playing I mean,
0: we've talked about this in past episodes, but if you are in anything, you want those residuals, honey. Like, it's been almost... It's been almost thirty years since this movie. Um, it's probably, I guess, like twenty-five it's years. Like, yeah. It's, um, I was about to say, um, <laughs> who's gonna tell yeah, her? Twenty-five <laughs> years uh, come, Yeah, you feel old yet? Um, yeah, <laughs> going up on thirty. Who's
1: gonna tell her I'm um, older than this movie? <laughs> <Like>.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it, even you know, twenty-five years removed, and you're still, uh, yeah, you're still getting paid. Like
1: that's why you always want your residuals, honey. Never sign away your rights. Yeah. Dollar dollar bills. Dollar dollar bills. All right. So we. You know Steph has never seen this before, but when I was little, I probably watched this maybe five times until my teenage years, and then I bought it on Amazon and <laughs> watched it all the time. This movie is fantastic. I love that. Yeah, I still have it on Amazon. That's how I was able to watch it. I think from when I was little, my favorite part was probably when Michael Jordan and Got sucked into the hole while playing golf. Yeah. I thought that was hilarious. And then I remember Michael Jordan playing baseball at one point. And then I think the only thing I remembered other than that was I wanted to be as cool as Lola Bunny was. <laughs> I have thoughts on Lola Bunny. <laughs> We're
0: gonna get... Oh, no. <laughs> Not on her particularly as like a person, just yeah. on the writing. But Just her character. Uh, her character. But uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like this whole movie was just a dig at Michael's attempt at a baseball career, because (laughs) he flopped
1: really hard with that, and it was just kind of him poking fun at himself. I love it so much. Um, Yeah. So let's get into it. Let's, Let's get into Steph's first time watching. All right. Um... Well, first impression.
0: I mean, well, no, no. First impression. It was jarring at first. I knew that the two universes were going to cross over because, you know, obviously Michael Michael Jordan is the star, and yeah. the Looney Tunes are also the star. So I was like, okay, they're clearly going to cross these two over. By the way, I've never, I didn't know. Much of anything about Space Gym. Yeah. It's not something that, like, a lot of my friends, you know, have watched, or my brother was never into it. Like, I never was never something that, like, I knew much about at all. So, yeah. I knew. In general, just I could tell, like, they were obviously going to crossover and, like, they were obviously going to, you know, combine. But when it did, it was very jarring. And I don't know if it's because the 2D animation just looks strange when it's in, like, a 3D world. And I'm more used to, like, the CGI type of animation or, like, 3D animation. Um, Yeah. So that was jarring. But that all being said... I watched the whole thing and didn't look away. Like, I th- I actually enjoyed it. <laughs> I enjoyed it
1: a lot. Yay! Um, I really liked it. Yeah, personally, I just love movies like this. Like, I, I don't know what it is about movies that cross 2D animation and, and real, li- and like, live action animation. Like, this and Who Framed Roger Rabbit, I don't know yes. why, but they have such a deep spot in my heart. Just, they're yeah. so, they're so much fun.
0: Yeah, and to be fair, like, the first time I watched Who Framed Roger Rabbit, I had the same reaction. It's just this visceral, like, these two worlds should not be combining, but once you get very accustomed to it and used to it, it it doesn't seem as weird. Uh, But it's always, like,
1: that first clash of the two that I'm like, wait a minute, (laughs) this isn't right. Right. And honestly, the movie started off with R. Kelly, and I was like, we had no idea the kind of monster he would turn out to be. But I remember everyone, I remember everyone loving that song. Like, I believe I'm not even gonna sing it because he doesn't deserve my voice. But um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I remember everyone singing "I believe I can fly" after this movie came out. Yeah, and then of course you have the Space Jam song that comes on like right after. Mm-hmm. Do y'all yeah. dance soon as we jam? Like such a bop. <laughs> I can like hear you dancing. <laughs> yes, I love that. Um, I'm like scooting around in my in my twirly chair. <laughs> So on my end, I had completely forgotten about the Moron Mountain aliens. Really, I know that is the, the biggest part of the plot, but I forgot that they were little and that they had been working at an amusement park. <laughs> I, I think as a kid, I only remember them being huge and like beating the crap out of the Looney Tunes. Yeah,
0: I thought it was an interesting plot choice because normally when... They do an alien, you know, life forms, whatever, coming to Earth. It's always to abduct or to, you know, murder people or take over the planet or whatever. And I thought this was an interesting and unique choice to have them work for a theme park and the boss is some money hungry you know, theme park owner who believes the customer is always right and he Which is wants... Wrong. Yeah, <laughs> right. It's completely wrong. Customer is not always right. As a former waitress, I can
1: vouch for this. <laughs> that
0: yeah, That no. is the As somebody who worked in customer service for a very long time, they are not always right. We deny these claims. We deny them. Um, and if you think customers are always right, you're one of the wrong customers. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I I thought it was interesting how, you know, they worked for this amusement park guy and he just wanted a new attraction and that's how they decided to bring in the Looney Tunes and then, you know, the Looney Tunes ended up, you know, abducting Michael Jordan and then it just (laughs) kind of snowballed from there. So I thought it was a really, really unique
1: and interesting
0: and and genuinely memorable plot line. Yeah, I was really surprised and impressed with it.
1: Yeah, and it cracks me up, like, how it starts off with, like, my biggest fear as a kid, like, going to amusement parks and stuff. Like, the (laughs) moron mountain scene starts off with kids being thrown off of a ride, like, because it just malfunctions and they just fly off. I'm like, thank you for the trauma. But, um, (laughs) yeah, so... I love that part too. I love that they added the whole like business aspect. They're like, this man's a businessman. He just yeah. wants money. He yeah. just wants people to come to his amusement park. So he tries kidnapping. It's like
0: <laughs> Don't we all, don't we all? Right?
1: I'm like, there was no in-between ground. There was no like, let's go hire the Looney Tunes. Let's go offer them money for their for their troubles. Nope. They were like, let's cold hearted criminals. Let's go steal them.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, he didn't have time to write contracts. He just needed what he needed. (laughs)
1: Exactly.
0: Yeah, so I think my one complaint of the whole movie would just be that Lola Bunny and... It's not. It's. I think. It, honestly, I think it's something that a lot of people have probably said before and probably noticed. Um, Tyler noticed it as well when he was rewatching, and he goes, "Good old '90s. At least they're, you know, consistent in their stupid portrayals of women." Yeah. It was very much like Lola Bunny comes in, and she's literally created as to be objectified like that's her whole character is like created to be objectified and she comes in and she does the typical I'm super hot but I'm also a badass but I'm also like super into you guy who can offer me nothing And, (laughs) and she just she does that and then you know and she's very clearly the best basketball player on the whole team and she's very clearly like the greatest person It's like they gave her this whole thing just to like showcase like she's super hot and like just for the male gaze and then she just walks out (laughs) it's like i don't understand like you could have just had her come in and be like actually i'm like really good and everybody i don't know they could like underestimate her like whatever or be like yeah actually lola's really great at basketball and she comes in and shows that she's got skills and they let her on the team and you know that's that and she and bugs could have fallen in love over the course of like you know practices or you know the game or what have you but i don't know she very much you could tell she came in only to be a Mm -hmm. love interest and had no other purpose um beyond that
1: and at least at least at one part bugs does save her from being squashed into a pancake so that kind of he does like helps it a little bit but i completely agree with the whole like just over sexualizing her
0: yeah, if it had been like from the beginning, but like everybody else maybe being like, Oh, she can't join the team, we don't even know her and then Bugs being like, No, actually she should join the team and then yeah. you know, he builds up her trust and affection that way. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I but I didn't like understand the whole point. And then again, throughout the whole movie, she's just like objectified and it's like, Y'all, she's better than all of you.
1: <laughs> like she's yeah, literally kicking all your butts. <laughs> and that's for sure one of the things that definitely dates this movie. Yeah. But it's also kind of funny because Looney Tunes cartoons in the past have all been like that. You know yeah. what I mean? Like Looney Tunes, Tom and Jerry, like all yeah. those, like all the portrayals of
0: women in those mm-hmm. old cartoons, or I should say female characters in those
1: cartoons. Yeah, exactly. I will say it kind of cracked me up to see all the basketball players in quarantine, like after they lose their, um, yeah. after <laughs> they they get their talent stolen by the Monstars I I was like, COVID got the dicks. <laughs> <Like, Yeah>, literally. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my literally, gosh. it was too. It was too close to home. <laughs> yeah, it hit a little. It hit a little too hard.
0: It was like when we watched Balto and we saw them go into quarantine. It was like, oh man. <laughs> yeah,
1: I was like, no. Did all of our childhood movies have to do with like
0: <laughs> literally <laughs> quarantine Germs and, and quarantine?
1: Yeah. And <laughs> but yeah, I it cracked me up too that Michael Jordan's dog's name is Charles. I could totally see it as a way for him to like troll Charles, Charles Barkley. Oh, yeah. But yeah, I one thing I noticed while watching this as an adult, it looks like at least on Amazon, it looked like they updated the Looney Tunes graphics like the 2D animation. Oh, yeah. But not the real world animation. Yeah. So the real world it still looked kind of grainy and it looked like like, early 90s movies do. But the Looney Tunes graphics were really crisp. Yeah, okay, I thought that I was crazy, because when I was watching it, I was like, these
0: 2D graphics are, like, really good. Like, they're really solid, and they look really modern. And I was like, that's kind Mm -hmm. of strange, because, like, you know, even the old Scooby-Doo movies from the early 2000s didn't look this crisp and this, you know, this modern. So I was really surprised and intrigued by it. And then, you know... I think it's because of how they film the old 90s and 80s movies. They use, right. I think, 35 millimeter film, which is different than the digital film that they Fancy. use now for modern film. And so that's why modern film yeah. looks so... Like, even when they try to do, like you know, remakes of shows like you like Stranger Things are supposed to take place in the 80s. Yeah. And even though they get the set design sure. and the costume and the hair and everything down, it doesn't ever actually feel 80s. And that's because everything's done on digital film now instead of that old, like, you know, 35 millimeter or whatever um, hard film that they used to have. So that's how you kind of get that.
1: stuff's like 35 millimeter. Da-da-da-da. I'm over here like, oh, pineapples. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i i am nothing but a boob like i don't i don't understand but um yeah no i totally get what you're saying but it's just it just gives it that grainy that like dated
0: kind of you know quality where it feels like it's retro and all of that you know um And if you can, if you film stuff on that, like it does feel like more dated and it feels more nostalgic to look at, but everything's filmed on more crisp digital stuff now, which in my opinion takes away from it. But, um, but that's why it looks like the nineties, you know, real world is grainy and it's very nostalgic looking, but then the cartoons are like super crisp and updated.
1: Yeah. So I'm curious to get your, your opinion about, um, Bill Murray's character. He literally just played himself.
0: I love Bill Murray with everything in my body. I love Bill Murray. I screamed the first time he came on screen. I screamed when he showed up at the basketball game. I love Bill Murray. And I told Tyler this, but I was like, we're watching it and I'm like, Bill Murray reminds me of someone. He reminds me of someone. He reminds me of someone. I can't figure it out who it is. I was like, I know I love Bill Murray so much and I just, I love everything about him. I think he's hilarious and he just seems like a cool guy. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm watching it. I'm like, he reminds me, he reminds me, he reminds me. And then Tyler left. He went to go to a friend's house and while he's driving, I like text him and I'm like, oh my God, Bill Murray reminds me of your dad. (laughs) Like I (laughs) realized that Tyler's dad is just like Bill Murray and because they're both great and they're both really funny. So I don't know. I just like immediately connected those two dots and um yeah so I, I was watching it and i was just like oh god i love bill murray i just yeah. he seems like such a cool guy to like hang out with and he does like
1: play golf with and just talk to he does and i feel like he has an amazing sense of humor like i find yes. him hilarious in everything that he's in yeah he just seems chill like yeah. he seems down to earth yeah so what was your favorite part while watching this like what part stood out to you hmm i almost want to say that literally
0: almost every scene that Stan was in, when he... <laughs> Stan is, like, the baseball team that Michael Jordan is playing on. is like, the owner's, like, publicist or whatever. And yeah. he's, like, basically tasked from the beginning of the movie with making sure that Michael Jordan is never upset. Right. And I just thought Stan like there's obviously there's a lot of funny things that the Looney Tunes do and there's a lot of you know yeah. profound things that Michael Jordan does and I'll talk about another other favorite scene that I have as well mm-hmm. but yeah it was just everything Stan was in I thought he was so funny and like super endearing with like his anxiety <laughs> and he was yeah. just he was just so cute like when he dug the hole around where Michael Jordan got sucked into the, <laughs> the golf course and he's like gets to the bottom and he's like where is it Michael you just don't want to <laughs> hang out with me anymore
1: <laughs> and he, He's just so cute just the desperation in his yeah. eyes <laughs> he was just
0: he was so funny i thought he had yeah. great comedic timing i thought he was great and then the other scene that really stuck out to me is just like a moment of good acting was the entire yeah. beginning scene with little michael and his dad yeah um i thought the guy who played his dad was a very good actor yeah. um i think i've seen i think i've seen him in something else i just can't i can't remember right now but yeah I thought he was really profound and I thought that scene it's a very quick scene and it's obviously supposed to set up that Michael is you know going to be the greatest basketball player of all time and what have you but yeah it was just such a profound scene I thought that they both did so well and it I don't know it just like was a really touching scene I was like I could watch like a whole movie of like the two of them and like (laughs) him becoming a basketball player
1: yeah I mean he has his whole documentary out so you can just go watch that now yeah absolutely Um, but what about you? I obviously love everything about the Looney Tunes. I love they, that they kept calling him, that they kept calling Michael Jordan like his royal heiress and like Sir Altitude yeah. and stuff like that. Um, <laughs> but one of the parts that I noticed as an adult that actually really made me laugh was um, when, was after the basketball players, Charles Barkley and all of them lose their talent and they yeah. try everything. They go to the doctors, they get a million tests done, they go to therapy. And then, <laughs> I loved that scene so much when they go to the psychic and she's like, Michael Jordan was sucked into a golf hole and he's playing basketball (laughs) with the Looney Tunes. And like, she gets everything right. And they all look at her like she's crazy and walk out and they're like, let's go to acupuncture instead. This lady's crazy. Like, I found that so funny. It was so good. And then Daffy Duck had to be my favorite as well. Just how angry he was the whole time. Oh, yeah. Typical Daffy Duck fashion. I heavily identify with Daffy Duck. Like, I feel... And how he... He comes out and nobody cheers for him. Like.
0: Literally, like he, oh my god! Daffy Duck has always been my favorite Looney Tune. I think um, probably him and like yeah. Tweety Bird. I think are my two favorites. And oh, Tweety Bird's so adorable. Tweety Bird's in so this. cute. But yeah, I love Daffy Duck, and I just feel like he is just the sassiest character, and he's just my favorite. I think he's so freaking funny. Yeah, and nothing ever goes right for him.
1: Never. And I, um, another part that I thought was hilarious was Foghorn Leghorn. The Rooster, I hate that guy. <laughs> I he hate that guy. he is so unnecessary. But the part that got me was when he was like original or extra crispy. <laughs> like... <laughs> he's just like the most annoying
0: character to me. Like I don't know if it's his <laughs> accent or like what it is about him, but he's unbearably annoying. And every time he got like squished or like they threw something yeah. at him and he like fell over, or like when they were in the movie, you know, he got burnt to a crisp and all of that. I was like, oh my god, he's gone.
1: And then he would like pop up the next scene, and I was like dang it Then he'd be like well i say um or when he's when everyone's injured on the bench after they get their butts kicked after yeah. the first court or after the first half and he's just literally just a turkey like yeah. a roasted turkey with an <laughs> IV in it but yeah and then um i've come to an, the conclusion that tweety bird is the only bird that i like
0: oh <laughs>
1: he's so cute
0: I love him. Oh, he yeah, he's so cute. I also like the little mouse, the mouse that ran up and so it was cute. like. And my mom tells me to be nice to everybody and do my
1: very best. <laughs> it's so, he's so good. cute. I noticed something though while watching this movie. What? This is our second movie in a row that involves basketball. And people making a bet. I thought the same
0: thing. I was like, yeah. wh- what are the chances that we pick two movies in a row that are both about basketball bets? <laughs>
1: like, what? Yes. <laughs> and both of them are like, if you, if we lose, we'll be your slave forever. Right? Like, or we'll work for you forever. <laughs> like, why like, are these the conditions? <laughs> what is happening? Like, did we just subconsciously do this for some reason? What is I wrong mean, with it us? It definitely wasn't me because I've never seen this. So I had no idea. <laughs> I was I was I was like uh oh, that's a little weird there's a glitch in the matrix but okay Yeah literally um, Lex are you trying to tell us something? <laughs> I don't know. I'm like am I am I picking up basketball next week? <laughs> <laughs> I've been digging in my backyard for the Looney Tunes. I'm like, oh get me out of 2021. <laughs> get, me, get me out of this COVID world. <laughs> Literal Come on, Bugs Bunny, save me. <laughs> um so yeah this this movie was a lot of fun um yeah. and I've come to the conclusion Michael Jordan is the man I love him yeah yeah he was great and I'm kind of nervous about the the sequel coming out because I do like LeBron James a lot and I think he's hilarious in movies yeah. like he was fantastic in train wreck and um I just I don't know how I feel about him being the star you know what I mean? And I. Yeah. It's one of those things where you love this movie so much and you're like, please don't mess it up. Please don't mess up the sequel. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Because sequels of classics are always really, really good. Yeah. Or they just tank. Like you can have Shrek 2, which is amazing.
1: Or you can yeah. have Grease 2, which exactly. was terrible. So it's like. Look at that callback to hilarious. our own channel. Right? You like that? You like <laughs> you that? go, Glen Coco. <laughs> That was fantastic.
0: And uh if you wanna know more about those, please go listen to our <laughs> past episodes
1: from February. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, I'm I'm just very I don't know. I don't know if I'll watch it. I think I'll wait to see how the reviews come out. Yeah. Or how people I know like it before I watch it myself. Yeah. And I'm like I said, you shouldn't always
0: trust the critic reviews because yeah. we've seen on our end how critic reviews can either be really great or just garbage. Like they yeah. can they could be really, really good or they could be just totally off base and I don't I don't always trust their opinions of uh of sequels. Exactly. And I
1: feel like especially with something like this with such a beloved yeah. Looney Tunes cast, like Yeah, like really, really high bar. Yeah. It's I mean, you're gonna have critics that are like, oh, this doesn't measure up just because it's not the same as they had when they were growing up. Right. Because, it, I mean, Looney Tunes has to change with the times. You know what I mean? Just like yeah. everything else, it has to get more politically correct. And, I mean, it can still yeah. be funny and it can still be true to the classic Looney Tunes name. But, I mean, it's gonna change whether you like it yeah. or not. Um, but a lot of critics, I feel like, can't accept that
0: <laughs> like oh yeah no there's always going to be purists in every fandom yeah. who are just like no it's only the original and it's only if it's a carbon copy of the original will it
1: ever yeah. you know hold up and that's not always true sometimes yeah. you gotta you gotta switch it up a little bit exactly and then the other thing is too if we keep copying and pasting the old looney tunes stuff it's gonna get boring <laughs> like yeah if exactly you keep doing the same thing over and over again it's gonna It's not going to work out well. Yep. Make room for fresh ideas. Yeah. So is this something that we would have watched without the podcast to prompt us? I'm curious to see if you would have ever watched this. Because I definitely would have. I hope
0: that I would have. Yeah. I really hope that I would have. I don't know that it's something, again, I missed it. I missed the whole, like, craze of it as a kid. Like, it just went completely over my head. I probably got, like, a McDonald's toy for it at some point and had no idea what it was for. But, (laughs) yeah, I just completely missed the whole craze of this. So, like, I hope that I would have watched it. I never would have watched it on my own. Like, it would never have been something that I thought of and, like, hey, I should watch this. But I hope that, like, one of my friends might have, you know, eventually, like, I can't even think of a friend who would have watched this, but <clears> I hope that a friend or some or family <laughs> member or you would have been like, "Hey, do you want to watch Space Jam?" And I would have been like, "Yeah, I, you know, I've never seen it. Let's watch it." Um, so yeah, so I, I would hope so. But what about
1: you? Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely would have rewatched this. I own this, so yeah. I'm like, I probably would have rewatched it on Amazon at some time, right, or at some point. Um, but did you did you like it as an adult? Like overall, did you like it as an adult? I really did. I really did. I actually really enjoyed it. I thought
0: it was cute. I I honestly was expecting it to be really overrated just cuz everybody like yeah. was hyping it up and was like I yeah. was seeing stuff online everybody was like it's the greatest movie of all time and I was like okay, that's a lot. Like that's <laughs> that's a lot. But then I I watched it and I actually really did enjoy it. It was really entertaining and I I was into it. Like, I I really, like I said, I I thoroughly enjoyed it. I watched the whole thing. I wasn't bored at any points or, like, confused about anything. I felt like it was was a really good time. And, yeah, I enjoyed it. Nice. What about you? Did you like it better or worse as an adult?
1: Besides the uh, whole... I had to hear R. Kelly twice thing. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> I still love this movie. It doesn't get old, honestly. After after watching it as many times as I've watched it, it's still it's still so good. Yeah. And this is one of those movies that I can show Maya, and it's not. Um, there's no sexual innuendos other than Lola Bunny, which like still is bad, but it's not so obvious that a kid can't enjoy it. Right. So it was a lot of fun. I mean, I will yeah. still keep watching this stop. Yeah. But yeah, as far as critic ratings go, like Steph said earlier with the whole critics being harsh on these kinds of movies, um, oh, yeah. Space Jam received a grueling 43% on Rotten Tomatoes' critic meter. Oof. Yeah, a 63% audience score on Rotten Tomatoes, which isn't horrible. That's still an oof. Yeah. Wow. 6.5 out of 10 on IMDb. And three out of five stars on Common Sense Media. Wow. Wow. People yeah. people are they, harsh. harsh
0: on this movie.
1: Ugh. Yeah. That hurt my soul. The kid inside me just like <laughs> cringed. I was like, ugh. Just got, just got taken aback a little yeah, bit. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It was a lot. And I, I'm not even going to say that you're biased because of nostalgia because I liked it. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, But right. jumping into our ratings, we can rate it on a scale of A plus to F minus. A plus being. And we will be fair you'll be fair critics (laughs) A plus being I need a Toon Squad jersey right now Michael Jordan is the man and this movie is Looney in the best way to F minus meaning watching this film was worse than going to the Moron Mountain theme park it is severely overrated and the Looney Tunes characters deserved better based on this scale Lex how would you rate
1: Space Jam A-plus. (laughs) a-plus. I love this movie so much. Yeah, it definitely gets an A-plus to to me. And I was so jealous. One of my friends in high school had the Toon Squad jersey, and I've always wanted one. Nice. Um, Nice.
0: Yeah, so what about you? I'm going to give this one an A. I'm not going to give it an A+, plus just because I feel like yeah. when I give things A+, plus, it's also because I'm, like, really nostalgically tied to them, and just, right. you know, I just love every single aspect, and, you know, other than the Lola Bunny thing, there wasn't anything that I was really, you know, taken aback by about this movie. I just, I really liked it. It just, it wasn't, like, like Scooby-Doo and the Witch's Ghost for me, you know? It's not, like, yeah. that level of, like, beloved, but it was really good. And speaking and I, of, go
1: back to our episode. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Sweetie, another callback. Another and to our callback. episode from October. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it wasn't quite that level for me, but it was exceptionally good. And I will absolutely give it a very solid and happy A.
1: Yeah, and that's honestly fair because I also know like what movies you love. And I feel like yeah. this is one of those movies that is good, but I could see you not turning to this to watch a million times over. You know what I mean? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's not something I'm
0: going to like watch a million times on my own as like a comfort movie. But it is something that like if somebody says, do you want to watch
1: Space Jam now? I'm going to be like, heck yeah, I want to watch Space Jam. All right. So that's fair. So... Be sure to give us a rating on whatever listening platform you're using to tune in. We appreciate any feedback we can get. And while you're at it, check us out on social media. You can find us on Instagram at Chasing Childhood Podcast and on Facebook at Just Chasing Childhood. We post updates, announcements, and lots of other fun stuff. So check us out. Woo! So next week is our final March episode, and we're going
0: to be revisiting the wonderful world of Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory starring Gene Wilder. So be sure to tune in next week because it's gonna be sweet.
1: Yay! Very excited! That's all, folks! Bye, everybody. Thanks for joining. Bye, everyone. See you next week.